0: And welcome back to Habs Unfiltered. I'm your host, Blaine putt and I'm joined now by my co-host, Treg Wilson. (coughs) Hello. Hello. So, uh, it's been uh, an eventful week. Uh, The All-Star break is upon us. How are things?
1: Things are good. I I will not pay any attention to the All-Star break. Um,
0: I just said it to remind people that it's there.
1: Yeah. Uh, things are things are good here. I'm uh, I'm getting excited about the trade deadline. I uh, took over the substack for the hockey writers, and I'll be be yes. doing that. That's uh the new venture that the hockey writers are doing. Uh, where you get the basically I compile all of the Montreal Canadiens writers, you Blaine and a few others. Uh, on our uh, Ryan Bozer is that how you say Ryan's last name? Bozer, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, your guys's articles put them all together and into a Substack. That's uh, you. You do a subscription for it's free, uh, but you also have the ability to do a paid subscription where you get special articles from me, where I divulge deeper into the interworkings of the Montreal Canadiens with all so my. So where do you find it? An insider at the hockey writer Substack. So you download the Substack app, you click on the Hockey Writers, and that's where you get it. Or just go on Twitter, and you click on a link that I'll throw on Twitter.
0: Bigger question in this in this uh, the Substack, how many R's are there in the Insider?
1: There's 17. Oh, you know it's serious. Like, this is Kevin Weeks deep. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm going to do the top of my head when I do a breaking thing and not just, like, eyes. Like, I'm just going to do from here up. That's how, that's how deep, that's how deep. So when we talk trade deadline, everything I'll say will be exactly what's going to happen.
0: Is it like that? Even though you're standing on top of a chair or is that just, you know, like you on the ground?
1: Well, I'm only five, six. So yeah, it depends. It depends on where the camera is. So. (laughs) (laughs) Like this this chair here, I'll be honest. I can't really put my feet right on the ground because, uh, and it won't go down any lower. Do, 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 do. I have to, I have to make the, sure the uh, wheels, the, the, the bottom of the chair is set up right. So I can put my two feet on them. <laughs> so
0: Short now game. for the, now if there's all this stuff in the sub stack at the, the hockey writers, and we're going to cover a little bit of it because, well, <laughs> we write it. So, um, the success, a successful Habs deadline, the deadline's coming up. I know it's all Star break weekend, whatever, but we're getting into the nitty gritty for the Habs and it's the deadline. Um, we'll get into what a successful deadline is, but let's start off with the Lindholm trade and how that affects the value for Monaghan, who is definitely being traded.
1: Yes. My insider er, 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 tell me, and anybody who has a logical brain in them will know that mine is definitely being traded. So it doesn't take an insider to figure that one out. And
0: now uh, a couple of weeks back, the talk was the Habs would be lucky to get a second for Monaghan, which neither one of us agreed with that at the time either. We both felt a first would be the target.
1: I personally felt a first and probably only a first. Like, I didn't think there'd be much more uh, to it. Like, uh, I do know uh, teams tend to overpay at the trade deadline because to, to, they want to win the Cup. They want the Cup right now, especially a team that thinks it has a very good chance of winning the Cup. Um, but when you look at the Lindholm deal and you look at the fact that Monaghan's pretty much having a better season than Lindholm on a crappier team, uh, yeah, a uh, first may not do it for uh, and we know Ken Hughes is not really back too far down from what he wants, so uh, it could be a very exciting That one trade could just be the all they need to have a successful trade deadline, really. As long as you trade Monaghan right. and get a first plus, you've already won your trade deadline and in the conversation.
0: <laughs> well, you look at what Lindholm had, and let's be honest, Lindholm was clearly the uh the top center available at the, uh, at the deadline. And now he's gone. He's off the board. He's gone to the Canucks and the Canucks got a first round pick. A, uh, or well, the Canucks, the, the flames got a flames. first round pick. They got uh, Kuzmenko who is a, a decent NHL player. They've got, uh, I guess, a an A minus prospect. And, uh, <laughs> the defenseman in the OHL who is putting up tons of points. He's, I think he's third in the league for points anyway. So he's, he's ripping it up there, but defensively there might be some issues, but whatever. He's a, a D plus one. Um, Yanni Yurmo, another prospect and a conditional pick. So you look at that for a guy who's having a down year, now the center uh the center market is very very thin. It's essentially Monahan and a couple of others that may or may not be available. I don't see a second round pick pulling it off this time well,
1: like you said, Linhol basically got a hole. <laughs> like uh, kuzmenko, we knew he was on the block we knew uh Calgary wanted to trade him, or not Calgary. I'm doing what you're doing. Uh, Vancouver wanted to trade him. He had 21 points in 43 games, but it came after a season where he scored 39 goals with 74 points. So he was kind of uh, for a team as good as Vancouver is, he was kind of not uh, producing the way they had hoped. Um, but that also, I mean, good for Calgary because who knows, maybe pairing him up with Caudry when he comes back from injury or, 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 or something like that will uh, will uh, make him better. It's changes, the whole change of scenery thing. Um, but uh, the thing about Lindholm is Lindholm's also good at making players around him better. Um, Goudreau had his best season when he played with Lindholm. Kachuk had a better season. Well, Kachuk played well against him, but he had his best season after he left. But uh, um, So, yeah. So now we have Monaghan who has 13 goals, 35 points, and 49 games, where Lindholm had nine goals and 32 points in 49 games. Uh, So they're basically – and Mount Monaghan plays on a worse team, playing literally on the third line with uh, Armia and – well, Sofkowski now, which, by the way, the last two games has been a great line. (laughs) And we can talk about Armia later, but I think Armia is having a great season for the Canadians, considering I wouldn't say great, but a good season considering. Um, so really you look at what he got and you look at Monaghan's numbers and you look at where he's playing, the fact he can play the wing uh, and be just as effective effective as he is as a center. He can play on the penalty kill. He plays on the power play. He's like fifth in the league in uh face-off percentage with 55%. Um, yeah. yeah. If you're not getting a first plus for him, that's kind of a loss. I think, uh,
0: even though Consider they got it. him for essentially, they got him, they took a first round pick just to take him. So, right. anything more you get is gravy. But, like you said, the way he's been playing this year, how he impacts the game at every single stage, in every situation, at the end of games, at the start of games, when you need to go, when you're down to go, all of it. He, he could impact a contending team in the same way, on a third line, perhaps. Up on uh, the wing on the second line, like he can move around. Uh, he's got that uh, that that ability to move around the lineup that Lindholm has a little bit, but not but Monahan a little bit better. Well, that, Lindholm, Lindholm's a
1: center. Lindholm's a center, and he's traded to yeah. be a center. He's gonna go to Vancouver and be a center. Monahan's a center, and if you have him. Monahan as your third line center on a contending team, you're pretty deep. And that's what you want for a good playoff run. But, like you said, this is a guy you can move up onto the second or even first line on a wing if you need that extra oomph to get some scoring or if you need that uh, or whatever you need. Um, uh, Monahan's the guy. Now there's lots of talk of where he's going to go or who might want him. Um, And I'm open to all of them. Um, Our good friend Jeremy, he's writing an article now about Toronto um uh trading for Monahan uh, over an editor and leaf that's editor and leaf the website, not the idiot editor and leaf Twitter guy.
0: be very clear be,
1: be very to, clear for things just be, be very clear uh, so <laughs> um so yeah, so that shows that even fans of these contending teams are very interested in getting Monahan. And it's going to be a bidding war. So here's two things. I know I'm I'm rambling on here, but here's two things about Monaghan that make him better than Linholm. His contract's only one point some odd million dollars. Uh, If Montreal wants to retain half of that, you're looking at 500 grand uh, for this guy to go through the playoffs. Uh, Montreal might do that because it's over at the end of the year and they're not stuck with it next year. Like they are with Petrie. Um, Second, uh, what else I forget what I was gonna say <laughs> uh oh, uh-huh. and second Monahan. like we said Monahan can play anywhere you want him to play, which is another another thing on mon on on Lindholm. and I think he has more potential to be a better player going into the playoffs than Lindholm does, so I think if Hughes just settles for a first, now I think if he just settles for a first, he kinda. Didn't get enough for for what he could get. Um, I mean, I know you did an article not too long ago. Where maybe he should go after prospects instead of going after draft picks. Um, yeah. But with Monaghan, you can get both, and I think it could be an A level prospect and not a B level prospect, uh, and a first round pick uh, if you got the right team.
0: Um. I'm not sure if you can get a first and an A-level prospect, but I know you can definitely get an A-level prospect and some kind of pick. And that's what I would definitely be leaning towards because Canadians, they've had a ton of picks already. They've got 22 picks over this year and next. Uh, That includes, I think it's five top 60 picks over the next two seasons. So why not try and get uh, a prospect that fits a need so you've gotten more of a uh, a sample size that you can uh, assess them, see where they fit. And maybe you get someone that doesn't really fit the other team's program, but fits yours.
1: Yeah, they have 29 picks over the next three seasons. If they don't, as of right now, uh, they only have, but they only have two picks in the first two rounds this season. So that's why I think they may, yeah the, the first round pick, maybe if they can get it, they're going to go for it. Um, I saying, still, yeah. I still think they can get okay an A level type prospect, depending on the team. I mean, if we're talking Toronto, you're looking at Minton or Cowan. So they're well, their' second round picks, I think, or they're when they were drafted. I think one was yeah. a late first, and the other was a second. So that's their top picks. Uh, not necessarily. I so it will all depend on what team they're 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 dealing with, like. You know, you can't go after. I mean, I know there's talk with the Rangers and Keiko, um, whether that's a top prospect or not anymore is whether he's not he's not really considered a prospect anymore. To be honest, with you. it's just a young player. So yeah,
0: yeah. And I wrote a different another article earlier than that, even uh, talking about um, how the Canadians could be partial buyers and that included looking at young players you're trading away these guys you can pick up assets for them but you can turn around flip those assets for something uh, else so you can get a better player that you would be targeting that you can package something up it doesn't necessarily have to be at the deadline it could be in the summer too
1: well that's why i think maybe that's why I'm leaning more towards the first pick because they could do a yeah. doc doc type trade at the at the deadline uh, with that later first round pick, and because it's going to be somewhere in the twenties. We're not looking at uh, you know uh, we're not looking at a team that's tr- getting a player just to make it into the playoffs and then they're out in the first round. So you're drafted 17 or 18. We're looking at probably 25 or up. Uh, if I'm a betting guy on whatever team he goes to so they could take that pick and something else and trade it down to a lower pick and trade that for in a dock type situation like they did with uh, with with on the dock night or with new hook when they traded uh, you know a, a late first round pick to get new hook I think it was late first round pick if I'm not mistaken
0: it was yeah it was late yeah. one.
1: and uh, they could do that um, or they could package something to get another earlier or higher pick in the draft. Um, This draft is defense heavy. Um, So it'll depend on how teams are drafting, I guess. Um,
0: There's some very good forwards available in that up towards the top 10 where they're at.
1: Well, this is what I'm, I mean, this is kind of a different subject, but it kind of all ties in together, but I'm kind of excited about this year uh, because even if they draft at seven, which is, I think is where they're sitting right now, Yep. They could possibly get a Lindstrom and a Demidov and uh, a Catton or Egenla or all depends on who you you I mean personally I'm a Lindstrom I'm gonna go with Lindstrom and Demidov if I'm gonna pick anyone if they're available but uh, I, I feel I feel Demidov gonna be gone before that uh, but you never know because you don't know who's gonna take the defenseman because this is a very heavy defensive. You know, and then you have Iserman, who nobody knows really how this guy's going to turn out right now. Before he was like what, yeah. you know, one and two to. Uh,
0: now he's seven or eight,
1: Sarabini or whatever the hell his name is, and now he's like, he seems to be dropping. So, it'd be interesting. Anyway, back to the trade. Monahan first plus is what I'm looking at for Monahan. Could be first plus plus depending on what the pluses are.
0: Yeah, and. I mean you're we're looking at what would help uh make a successful deadline and for me that's part of it that's a major part of it what you get back for monahan cuz you know he's moving you need to get something uh, of high value and you don't want it to necessarily be a defenseman either you need something to help up front yeah you need yeah. some more they need scoring but what else could go, uh, could happen to help the canadians uh, have a successful deadline and that's not oversell you want to keep a couple of veterans
1: so when my article i wrote on the substack the paid article uh it was one of those savard or matheson it's what was one of my uh was one of my things because everyone talks there's a group of young nhl or uh, young defensemen coming up and you're going to need to make room for them Savard, in my opinion, is the one, if they're going to trade one at this deadline, it should be Savard, not Matheson, Uh, because Savard, Who I mean, you're going to get a hell of a return for Savard just for the simple fact that he's a a bottom-pairing defenseman that's playing top-pairing minutes and succeeding at his job uh, on a very poor and a very weak defensive Montreal Canadiens team. Uh, We have a shitty penalty kill. It would be even shittier. It's even shittier when Savard's not on it. I mean, the man makes more saves than the goalie does on most uh, penalty kills. Um, but the thing with Savard is he can be replaced by what they have now, like a Jaden Struble. Yes, I know one's a left and one's a right, but this is my my point: is you're still getting that type of player in your lineup. It doesn't really matter, and you have Arbor Jacki, who you know, if he quits taking the penalties, and you can get rid of all the conspiracy theories on Arbor Jacki. I don't think the team yet. hates him. If they hated him and they didn't want him, he he wouldn't be. I mean, Martin St. Louis, what do you think of him taking bad penalties? I don't like it. Headline, Martin St. Louis hates Arbor eye No, he's a coach that doesn't like a player taking bad penalties. It's it, it's it's hockey. Uh, well, the coach doesn't love bad penalties. Yeah. I mean,
0: it, they all do.
1: Yeah. And the thing with, I mean, Harris didn't play in a week and the Montreal has a week off. They're going to get him into a game. So, hey, Jack, you just played the last two. You're sitting. Anyway, enough of that. Uh, so they have the players that can fill in. Uh, Logan Mayhew, uh, even though it's going to be more offensive, he could fill it. Like, there's all these young guys, Jordan Harris, Kovacevic, they can all fill in Savard's role uh, and be successful at it. Maybe not to his level yet, but Struble and Gooley are pretty much there. So you have two guys that that have – with Matheson, who I do agree, you got to sell high on Matheson, and Matheson's high right now. you got to make sure Lane Hudson's ready to step into the NHL and ready to take Matheson's role. Because right now there's nobody yeah. on that team. There's nobody on that team that can take Matheson's role. I don't care. I get it. He doesn't pass to Slavkowski. I understand that. But he still knows how to run a power play, right, even though yeah. – she should pass more to self He's like the Petri to Caulfield. I don't know what it is.
0: <laughs> and, and Hudson is more than like, I, I would, I would say he's going to play NHL games this year, but you're right. He is not ready to take over that role.
1: Well, We don't know. That's what, that's all I'm saying. I don't think he's ready. I think maybe next year, maybe if he starts the season and has a, or starts the season in the AHL, gets some games under his feet and moves on. Um, but, I mean, he's as soon as his season's over, he's going to get one or two games here in the NHL just to, to see how he fits and what he can do. Uh, but if he's your guy and he is your guy that's going to take that Matheson role, that high offensive defenseman role, you have to make sure he's ready before you get rid of the guy that's already in there. And yeah. I know some people have said, oh, well, Gouley or Harris. or We already know Harris and Barron are not ready to take on that responsibility. Uh, if they were, they would be playing – Harris wouldn't be scratched all the time and bear wouldn't be in Laval. So yeah. So that's why I think if they're going to trade one of the defensemen and they don't have to trade either one of them. Savard is more value right now. I wouldn't trade him in the off season. I'd either trade him at this t- trade deadline or next trade deadline, because you're going to get full value out of them. Maybe in a first round pick for some reason, big defensemen like him, every team wants for the playoffs and they're willing to throw whatever they can at them. Look at Ben Sherrod. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah. Look at Tampa Bay with uh uh David Spark. David Spark, yeah. Uh Tanner
1: Janot, you know, a fourth liner. and They gave up like forty thousand. It was like a it was like a CHL friggin' trade. There was like eight draft picks.
0: When when a team only has one piece left to complete their puzzle in their view, not every team's gonna have that, but Tampa did really well over the last little while. But if they're only missing one piece, they're going to pay handsomely to get yeah. that. They want to guarantee they get what they want. Yeah. So yeah, and there, there may be an overpay. So yeah, there is.
1: see so, yeah. yeah. Uh, now I'm not saying Zavard will get moved at this deadline. No. I think, uh, I think there's a possibility of it. I don't have an issue with it, uh, but if you're going to trade him, it's going to be out of either this deadline or next deadline, not in the off season. Um, Jake Allen I'd say trading him fixes a problem. It doesn't really make your draft any successful. Uh, oh. The goalie market is still there, but it's not what it was. Uh, Stuart Skinner is pretty much got Edmonton, all right Edmonton, so Edmonton's not worried. And you're not getting Allen to be your number one goalie. You're getting him to be your insurance goalie uh, on a playoff run. So at $3.8 with one year left, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't even know what you would get for Allen. It's not going to be a first, that's for sure. But
0: does it really matter? I mean, if you're moving him out, it's more to create space for montambo and Hayden Primo. And what yeah. you get back is gravy. If it's anything more than cap space.
1: Yeah. And and I think the, the winter around that Toronto was asking for a, a, a low for a, a low draft pick, you know, trying to offer him like a fifth, sixth or seven. I mean, a third I think would be good for Allen. He does have experience. He can't help your team, uh, but uh, if he doesn't go now, I think he goes in the off season. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think he's here next year, regardless.
0: And if it's a third or a fourth, if that team takes on the entire cap hit, that's a good trade for yeah. both sides.
1: And I don't see Montreal taking on half the uh, value of the cap hit because no. that, that would leave no. that would leave them with two, two. Uh, retained cast salaries and they're only left with one for next season. So I
0: yeah. just don't see it. happening. And they're going to and... they're, they're gonna want that, that flexibility.
1: Yeah. And if they get rid of Tanner Pearson, I don't know what you get for him, but I mean, he's a UFA.
0: He may end up being a self, uh, their own rental, just yeah. to have a, a veteran presence on the, on the, uh, yeah. the lineup.
1: But I'm going to bring up a name. And I want to see what you think. And they're actually in RFA next season. Uh, it's Jesse Yolonen. Um, yeah. Yolonen isn't getting the playing time I feel he should get. Um, yep. He's stuck stuck on the fourth line, yet he, per 60s is one of the best hat players on the team. Um, maybe, just maybe, some teams are going, hey, we like this young guy. You're not really playing him. Uh, what are your plans for him? And maybe he gives you something, gets you something back. Who knows? I'm I'm just throwing it out there. It's just a, it's just yeah. A, a, yeah,
0: you know, uh, a thought. I'm not against moving him. I, I, I wouldn't be against it, but it depends on the value in return because like you, I think he should be getting more ice time. Mm. Like you, I think he's earned that ice time and, and he could give the team a lot more. But on the, on the other hand, he is a type of player that they have more than one of in the system.
1: Well, that's just it. I think he's an Aturi Lekkinen type player. Uh, and I think he should be getting more minutes, but that's what you got to ask you. Like, okay, he's an RFA, he's not getting a lot of time. If he's not their future, why are we hanging on? You know, let's give him. But then again, he could be that guy you trade, and all of a sudden he becomes this 30 goal scoring seventy point freaking winger on I don't know San Jose or something and you're wondering why the hell he had traded him in the first place.
0: which is why well, anyway, I think that, uh, if you can move some veterans out, especially up forward, you give him a bigger role and then see what he
1: well, has and then see what he has yeah and, and that's what I, I think is the issue now is you just don't know what he you just don't know what he has
0: so. And for me, that is what would make this a successful deadline. If there's any one thing at the deadline that would make this a success, it's moving out enough players to provide larger roles for the youth. And then actually seeing what you have on hand before you go to the draft and go into the trade section in the summer.
1: Especially for someone like uh, Joshua Law, who I thought he – he probably deserves like Struble. I think he deserves to stay yeah. in Montreal for the rest of the season. I was, I'm, a, I'm a, I was a firm keep him in Laval guy, but when I watched mm-hmm. his what three games I think he played in in Montreal, two he, three
0: yeah, Got two points I, in three games. I,
1: I was impressed. I was impressed. Yeah. He, he handled himself. He first game he was a little, of course, a little whatever, mm-hmm. but he by the second game you're like wow this guy
0: is a top six this player guy,
1: this this guy's a top six player
0: so by next year i think he is going to be on the roster mm-hmm. and there's an outside chance that mayu is on the on the roster as well which shakes things up on the blue line but just keeping to the forward group itself bringing uh bringing wow changes things for next year they don't have to uh, hold on to some of these veterans which again makes it important to move some out at this point in time
1: oh for sure uh the only issue is a lot of the veterans i would like to see moved out are centers so, like yeah. dvorak and j uh, but armia he's a he's a uh free agent after next season uh mm-hmm. i think he Armia's is having a pretty good season considering he's doing his job well he he took his uh emotion to Laval like a like a professional he uh he's he's great on the penalty kill he's been uh, I think he's playing great with Monahan Slavkowski, although I don't like Slavkoski being on the third line and not the first line because I thought he did well there as well um but how can he complain when lines work so uh yeah we'll see we'll see we'll see because he could be a guy that moves at this deadline i doubt it not at 3.4 for the next two years for what he produces yeah um but it could be an off-season acquisition and he could be the trade deadline guy next year that people are looking forward to, to... be part
0: of a a cap balancing kind of deal too
1: yeah and I, and i i don't see him getting don't get me wrong i don't no, see him getting a no. first or anything but he could be there he could be their guy so it's going to be interesting yeah
0: now before we uh, we uh go to commercial, and then come back with the next segment, which is our mailbag, what is the one item you think is going to make this a successful deadline?
1: I think whatever you get from Onahan makes this a successful deadline. Even if you don't get rid of anybody else, I think the fact that uh, Lindholm set Lindholm uh, set the table for everyone else, uh, a first and a, and a good prospect. And I think you did everything you needed to do at this uh, deadline. Um, if you can move Jake Allen, uh, that's a super plus win. Uh, cause you're, you're getting that money off the table and you're, you're fixing your goaltending issue and you can bring up an extra forward or defenseman. So, you know, and yeah. uh, you know, have that ability to uh, not play just three centers cause you don't have enough uh enough people so that to me would make this successful yeah. i i look at it i don't see a lot montreal is really going to move really to be honest with you because there's only two ufas well three if you count chris weidman but he's on roboda island so um you know with well, a, no he's legitimately hurt with a with a bad back
0: <laughs> he's legitimately hurt otherwise he'd be pushing for a job
1: yeah uh, but so to me, yeah, get rid of Alan and whatever you get back from Monahan, and, and you're, you, you've had a set. The opposite of what happened last year where they did nothing. So,
0: yeah, yeah. So a successful deadline is the anti-2023 deadline. Correct. <laughs> All right. So uh, we'll, we'll end there. Uh, we're going to go to a commercial break. And then when we come back, we're going to answer the mailbag questions. Uh, we got a couple of really, really good ones, so uh, uh, enjoy the commercials, I suppose, and we'll, uh, we'll see you right after this. Welcome back to Habs Unfiltered. Those were amazing commercials. I Love hope them. that the geocache commercials for you were as good for us. Love them. It's amazing. Well chosen.
1: I'm going to go geocaching right now.
0: Yeah, it's definitely something I'm going to do. Uh, all right, so this is the mailbag portion. We uh, we put out a, uh, a couple of posts through the week asking people to send in some questions. And we got a couple of really, really good questions that I think we kind of touched on a little bit in the first half, but we'll go into it in this half here. So we got one from on Facebook from Rob Schultz, who's, uh, he he follows us, for, you know, It's been quite a while Uh, and he's got some really great comments. Sorry about that, Rob. Yeah. Well, some people just, it's a self-flagellation.
1: Yeah. I I hope your life gets better.
0: Fair. (laughs) There's support groups. (laughs) So uh, Rob asks, Um, is it conceivable that Monaghan gets traded at the deadline and then re-signs with the Canadians this summer? And his suggestion is maybe three to four years at four to four and a half million. What do you think?
1: No, I don't think he re-signs with the Canadians. I think he gets traded at the deadline for sure. Um, But I don't think the Canadian. I think they're, although I wouldn't mind it, and I don't think that the contractor, what he said, is bad. I, I think that would be a good thing for Monaghan. I just think he'll go some other team that's closer to winning cups and closer to uh, uh, doing that kind of thing, like Boston or maybe the team he goes to, like uh, which is rumored to be the Rangers or the Avalanche. Um, I think they'll take him. If he can sign for Montreal for three to four at three to four million, then he'll go somewhere else at three to four, and three to four million. So,
0: yeah. And I agree. I think it's plausible that he can yeah. go back to Montreal in the summer. Absolutely. But like you said, if he goes to a team like Colorado or New York, for instance, and they do well, I'm not saying win the cup or anything, but even if they just win a series, maybe two, uh, and they see him as a good midterm solution, They'll offer them that kind of money anyway. So why would he want to go to Montreal, where they're up and coming, but they're not there? When you can stay with a team like Colorado, who is right there in the thick of things. And the Rangers, despite all the the issues they've had this year, are another team that honestly could contend. I mean, they're, they're first in the Metro, aren't they?
1: Uh, something like that. I don't have the standings right in front of me, but uh, uh, the Rangers... Are, yeah. Let's look this up if we get time. All the time in the world. NHL standings: the Rangers are first in the Metro. Yep, sixty-three points, and the Rangers are eighth overall. So, which is pretty good. Well, yeah, I mean they're three points from being fourth overall, so it's not like it's far. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I just believe especially next year when you're going to have Jake Evans, you're going to have Dvorak back, you're going to have Nick Suzuki. And I think they're going to make room for uh, Owen, Beck. Owen Beck. So even though Monaghan can play the wing, but then we, like we mentioned earlier in the show, Joseph uh, Joshua Waugh is probably going to be on the team next year. Uh, uh, Jesse, We're going to want Jesse Yolen in to have higher minutes. You might see Emil Heineman as a regular in the, in the lineup next year. Um and Montreal's at that stage in the rebuild where they got to start letting these younger guys get their NHL time, get their feet wet, so they know exactly where they are with these players. Um, just because you're successful in the AHL doesn't make you successful in the NHL. You hope it does. It's a good eye, good gauge to see how But we've seen it time and time again, because they're all playing in the watered-down KHL right now, like yep. Reed Boucher and... Jordan Wheel and kicking an ass, unlike some young Russian players who
0: Darren Deets,
1: Yeah, who fans wanted drafted and didn't. Um <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I mean it's just uh yeah. So I again, Rob, I, I like your term and I like your money. Uh the only way I see it happening is if Monaghan looks at what Montreal's done for him. Uh, signing him the show-me deal just so he can come out and have a great NHL season. He bet on himself and they, if the rumors are true, they said that they would trade him to a contender at the deadline uh, basically and Hughes has been pretty good with the players and getting them what they want and putting them to where they want I mean, hell, he traded Petrie and traded back for him and traded him again just to get him to Detroit. That's how dedicated he was to get Petrie to Detroit um, you never know. Maybe he'll say, you know what? I had my shot with the contending team. We didn't make it. I want to help build this team. But I just highly doubt it. I just think if he can get the same amount of money in term with a team that has a possibility to win a cup at his age, that's where he's going to go. Even though he's not old. He's only, what, 30, 29, 30? 30. Um, 29. Sean Monahan, 29. So 30 next year. Yeah, he's not old, but...
0: I mean, he's four years younger than John Tavares,
1: and he had the same amount of points for nine million less. Um, just saying, just saying, playing on an offensively very offensively worse team. Just True. saying, just saying,
0: which again should help his uh, trade value. But like you were saying he's more than likely to stay somewhere else. And, and that's, that's not taking into account the fact that the Canadians, we mentioned Beck earlier, there could be some other surprises. Maybe they, uh, they traded for somebody at the deadline that they're going to want to keep, you know, as a yeah, young you never- guy, play center, maybe uh, Oliver Kapanen comes into camp, signs a contract, comes into camp and surprises. Like we just don't know. So maybe he does not want to uh, come back and play that. What if game?
1: And, yeah, I mean, then you'll have New Hook back next year. Your top six is pretty much, Mashar. even at wing, Massar's going to be around. Uh, like I said, your top six pretty much made with Doc and yeah. New Hook coming back, Slavkowski, yeah. Nick Cole, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's just a matter of he's going to be a third-line player again, filling in in case, you know, injuries. injuries and stuff, where he could be, you know, you're our this guy, you're our – second line right winger or a third line sender on a contending team that could win a cup.
0: Yeah. And the, uh, the value that he placed in that deal, that four year to five year deal at about four, four and a half, I think that's almost exactly where he's going to be. Even if yeah. he, uh, he goes on and wins a cup, the team resigns him. Uh, unless he's getting 50 goals. In the the ne- <laughs> over the next, uh, few months, I don't see it. Bumping up much higher than that?
1: No, he's not going to get back to his six million a year. He's not going to be the any point guy that he was. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, I don't know. Who knows? If you play with Nate McKinnon, anything can happen. But uh, uh, look at Jonathan Drewitt, who's having a great year. Um, yeah, which I'm glad because I wanted him to have a good year. Uh, exactly. But you never know. I mean, and look at Boston. Boston, it's kind of hurting for centers. Uh he'd be a perfect fit in Boston if he went to the Bruins. And in the offseason. Honestly, seat. you
0: can probably you can probably name off like eight teams that yeah. need a center yeah. that he would fit.
1: Yeah. And uh like I say, uh I'm not saying it's one hundred percent not gonna happen, but uh I wouldn't put any bets on it on uh on uh, Betway or anything like that. So Yeah.
0: Um All right. So, Rob, thank you very much for that question. That was an excellent question and well thought out. Uh, The next question, and this one comes from House Bender on Twitter. House Uh, Bender. Okay. Yep. House Bender. Uh, How and when do you think the Habs will finally get the star power scoring they need to compete?
1: That's a good question. They're gonna. It's gonna happen at the draft or in this offseason. I think Ken Hughes is cooking up something uh, to get. Yeah. A st- I think. Uh, you know what? I think Elias Patterson's in their crosshairs. I think there's a lot of uh, young players that they're looking at. Uh, Zigguris. The, uh, where there's smoke, there's fire. I think Zigguris is he's good, best friends with Cole Caulfield. I see uh, I no reason why they shouldn't be. Wouldn't be going after him. Uh, and I think they're going to tr- do their best to draft the best forward out there to give him. Now, mind you, this draft I don't think has that 100-point score in there. Elite. <laughs> well, well, maybe. Demidov, I don't even know if I'm saying his name right. De- I think it's Demidov. Uh, Demidov, yeah. Yeah, Demidov, I think he's going to be better than Mishkov projects to be, even though Mishkov's doing – these things that everyone says he's doing um
0: on a shit team yeah
1: on a shit team in a shit league um with more minutes than the people he's breaking records against. anyway uh let's forget all that narrative um i think he's gonna be a better all-around player because he actually plays defense um mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. and he can score and he has the skill and he has the shot uh so if they can draft him i think lindstrom's one of those guys that can that's yes. right up there that could be a point per game player uh I agree at some point that you don't need this elite offensive, but if you can get consistent point per game players that make everybody else around them better, that's how you project uh, a team like a, like a Patrice Bergeron. Patrice Bergeron was a point per game player once, but he made yeah. everyone else around him better and he made them point per game players and he made them uh, uh star power. And, uh, I do believe we need more offense. We need more elite. Yeah. We need some type of star power. Uh I think it's either going to come through the draft with whoever they draft in the first round. And if they draft a defenseman, I'm going to throw something through the television. Um, uh, but I, I believe they're they're looking at I think he's looking at making a trade. I think he's looking at uh moving something or making trying to get a free agent in here that's going to uh Give him that star power, and it's going to be a probably a guy under the age of twenty six, because uh, yeah. that's kind yeah. of the range. He's looking at the twenty two. Everything he's done is between the 22-26 age range, and uh, so yes, I do believe they're going to get one, and I think it's going to be as early as this off season. If it's in the draft, they may not play as early as this next season, but they're they're going to be there when they need when when times when the time comes.
0: Now, looking at the Canadians' roster when healthy, like you mentioned, Doc and Newhook, those mm-hmm. two added to the Canadians' roster this year. That would be what four, five, maybe six more wins. I'm not saying I, they're better; it's not that much better, but it does make a difference.
1: They're not a playoff team, but they're not so far out of the play because really they're yeah. not that far out of the playoffs right now. They're only eight points out of the playoffs now. Yeah. They're just not jumping six teams to For make now. The playoffs. <laughs> for now well they start selling they're also only four points from drafting fifth but anyway (laughs) you know and and, and, but that's just the way the league's been they're on they're on pace for 80 points which we said at the beginning that's where they're probably going to sit i thought 80 points would have them further up in the standings this year
0: yeah Uh, yeah
1: but really even when they were they're they're a 500 team they haven't moved higher than drafting eleven. So, but they haven't moved lower than drafting seventh either. So,
0: can't really be upset though with the team improving, despite the injuries. So, seeing an improvement in the standings yeah. in how and the 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 wins and all that, but still being down lower in the standings. Yeah, I'm all for that.
1: But that's what you want to see, and we. Our, one of our very first shows this season, we said, what would make, I wrote it, I think I wrote an article about it, what would make this year successful, and I said, I don't, not making the playoffs, finishing low enough, you get a good pick, but not so low that you're, like you were last year, so showing improvement, but seeing all the other guys improve, like Offfield, uh Doc, who was injured, so we don't really know, You know, four periods were amazing. Blah 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 blah, and then you have Struble coming up, proving he's an NHL player. Uh, I I had Struble as trade bait because I didn't know where he'd fit in, Um, and now I'm looking at it. Well, he's our he's our third pairing uh, defenseman that's going to get the job done. Um, So that's to me our this season is already a success. Just seeing that the injuries, even though the the man games are piling up. They're actually not as bad as they were last year. Um, they're just two more important people than they were last year. Uh, so, but New Hook, I think, will be back after the All Star break. He's skating now. Close to it. He's skating now. Uh, we're not going to see Doc till next year. But you're absolutely right. If New Hook and Doc were playing, I said they're going to draft between 10 and 15 if healthy. I stand by that. I still think if those two guys were healthy, they'd be drafting closer to 15 than they would be to 10. Yeah, absolutely. So, so really, now these, with, these injuries have been kind of helping us, really.
0: A little bit. And when you think about the uh, the roster next season, with them in the roster, uh, Suzuki, Caulfield, uh, Slavkowski, who's taken big steps forward. Uh, he'll be 20 years old. He'll be uh, a little bit stronger, a little bit more experienced you're going to have that high draft pick who could easily be uh, Ivan Demidov, as you mentioned, or Cole Eiserman who's sliding for some reason, who's going, by the way, to Boston University next year. And we all know how much Hughes loves those guys. Uh, okay. So you got, you got that, op- that opportunity for a little bit of a shine, an all-star type player. But like you said, th- like the question is a star player. Zygris kind of fits that because most people in Montreal, for them, star player means the fancy plays, putting up points. It's not necessarily tight, tough defense. And that's, that's what Zygris brings, not the defense all, side, the offense.
1: You you also got to look at perspective. Like when you say elite, to me, elite is Leon Dreisaitl. To me, elite yes. is Austin Matthews. To me, elite is William Nylander. And I know I'm throwing some Toronto names out there. To me, elite is uh, Malkin when he was younger. Uh, you know, guys like that. Then you have your generational guys like McDavid and Crosby. And you know what? I'm not naming any more than that because I, I think this generational word, word, word is thrown out there at anyone who looks like they may have a
0: cool-looking shot. Um but Dard, I mean, generational which, is the maybe it's the best player over a 10 year span. So every 10 Kurt, years, you get this one guy who just really, really stands yeah. out.
1: And Crosby's been doing it for what 20 years now, so uh, almost yeah, yeah, and and McDavid. And I mean, I think Dry Settle's on that cusp of being generational/slash elite, uh, yeah. but you have. This is the guys I'm talking about as general elite players are. Uh, I hate to say it, but Brad Marchand's kind of pushing mm-hmm. that elite uh, status. I don't know if he's quite elite yet. I don't know if you would quite put him elite, but
0: he's no. up around
1: there.
0: I'd say all star, but elite.
1: Um, so really, it's all what you think is it. Like, oh, we need elite scoring. I think you just need a point per game guy. A flashy guy, a you know, a guy that's gonna a a PK Suban type guy forward who gets the people out of their seats and Sharon uh to I mean, you already kinda have Cole Caulfield there. I just don't think he's gonna get the points that you want from this guy. He's not gonna be a oh he could be. He's almost a point per game guy now. But uh now that I think about it, he could be. Uh yeah. but I and that's that's who I believe that he doesn't have to be a 100-point scorer, but he would have the potential to score 100 points. He has the potential to – a Kovalev. What we want is a Kovalev. I'd be happy with an 82-point Kovalev. How does that sound?
0: That's that's a, that's Zegers, yeah. essentially.
1: Yeah, I'd be happy with that. So, I mean, Kovalev could have scored 210 points a season. He just didn't want to. I, I I truly believe that I truly believe Kovalev, if yeah. he really wanted to, could have broke records, and he was just like, ah, I don't want to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's too much work. Too much work. Um, no, but to to get back to the question, though, uh, I agree with you. I think Hughes has a plan in mind, and it's going to be uh, there's going to be some big pieces played out at the deadline and into the summer. We mentioned Zegras. It's not necessarily a Zegras. It could be someone that we haven't even mentioned. It, just out a, of left field.
1: A Patterson, a Zegras could be, I don't know, anybody. So, like you said, so I, I can't even think of people right now that, you know. Yeah. Kiprazov there um, in uh, Minnesota for some odd reason. <laughs> That's We should call our buddy Billy Garrett I'm say, Billy. What do you think? What do you
0: think? What do you think? Well, it could be I don't know. Um Jesus. It could be anyone really. Uh <laughs> there's so many names out there. Anton Lundell, who's like underrated but suddenly fucking finds himself. Uh I don't know. Elias Peter Peterson, you mentioned him. Elias I don't Peterson, know if he's gonna uh, leave Vancouver, but someone
1: someone it, out of LA.
0: You never know. Yeah. Uh,
1: I don't know, man. Like i not, I don't see, I have the free agents up in front of me here, but it's just, or even RFA. it's like, he could go after an RFA and try to get someone who's,
0: who fits that, yeah, uh, that fits the that mold core right? group. So yeah.
1: Oh, shoot. I don't know what I'm doing. I got two computers on the go. You're going to look at my chest for a minute.
0: Huh. Yeah. So maybe he, they go to, uh, they go to Edmonton and get a Dylan Holloway for, uh, Provide Edmonton pieces they need for the run, but because Holloway's they, not filling a, a big role for them, they take him instead. And there's maybe a guy they go.
1: Maybe they go right against the grade and get Steve Stamkos. <laughs> <laughs> done, done. But uh, yeah, I'm just trying to look at some young free agents out there. But Victor Mete is a free agent next year. Hey, this guy, some God people guess. thought this guy was going to be the next Norris Trophy winner. So, uh can't go wrong with Victor man. Toronto fixed can't go wrong with Victor Yeah, who knows? I can't really think of anyone right now, but I'm sure. Uh, Peters- Peterson, Ziggurus are the only names that really come up in my mind. Uh, Jake Gensel. Jake Gensel, he's 29, but he could be on the move. He's a UFA next year. Um,
0: the canadians do have the uh, the assets to trade to get themselves a big piece if they're willing to give they do they do they're willing to give up some of their their good young defensemen some of their picks maybe a young forward uh they could definitely get something big
1: oh totally agree tom
0: wilson big but big
1: so I mean I mean next year RFA is next year, Quentin Byfield's an RFA, uh Elias Patterson, uh Lucas Raymond, uh Martin Neshkash, uh, Casey Middlestead. Now a lot of these guys, the teams aren't gonna move, but I'm just saying if they have the assets Masha that they hate. Hey. <laughs> uh for Cotton Emmy, straight up. <laughs> Maybe they'll get cotton emmy <laughs> back and and fix them. Well, once he's
0: yeah, once he's bought out, yeah, absolutely. Or they'll kidnap Alexander Barkov and take him into Montreal. <laughs> and
1: I mean, we're just throwing out names. I was just looking at the RFA list for next yeah. year. Uh, it could be who knows? Like you said, it could be someone out of left field that no one's even thinking about. Like, you know. Zinabash or something from the Rangers, and all of a sudden there's this big deal, and they pick up Panoran or something. I don't know. Like, it's Panor, like, again, don't take this and say, Wilson said they're going to trade for this guy. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just throwing names at possibilities. Let me, I'll check with my insiders and I'll get back to you.
0: But to get back to the question, I think that hmm, it's going to be trade and it's going to be within the next year that he yeah. gets that piece that he's looking for. Yeah. Cause I know we talked about the team, not needing stars and you talked about uh, Bergeron being that guy who helps others attain their, their, their peaks. So it, it may be trading for a guy that's not necessarily that star player, but does what Bergeron did and help others reach their ultimate potential which could be as a start player. They already have some of those guys. Like if they do draft someone like a Demidov, he could need a guy like that to take out the best of them in the NHL.
1: You also got to look at what they already have. Cole Caulfield, I still think it's potentially a 50 goal score. Um, Nick Suzuki, yeah. I still think has potential to be a point per game player. Uh, I think Slavkoski is going to be a hell of a power forward in the NHL. I don't even know what his ceiling going to be from watching him. Like for me, I was like, ah, oh, it's going to be a 60, 70 point guy now. I don't know. I, it, he still hasn't even moved up to that next level, but you see him progressing every single game. Um, I think uh, if you take his, I think he's on a 60 point scoring pace since Christmas. Yeah. Um, and let's say he like never that. gets
0: past 65. The Who way cares? he impacts it, a game.
1: Offensively and defensively, yep. he's going to be a great two-way guy. I don't. To me, yep. he should be on the penalty kill for Montreal right now. But
0: um, so, so, so you get got passes when he's on the power play. Whatever.
1: Wow. It right. could be a fifty-goal scorer if he did. Um, so they they have the potential there, and then they have uh, then they have players they can move out over the next couple of years that hopefully. They can get, Although they're losing value like Josh Anderson in that, but hopefully they can uh, get something back for them. And all the young defensemen that they have that have top four potential, right there is going to get you something in return that's going to improve your team forward-wise. I mean, that's right. you're not keeping all of Jordan Harris, uh, Justin Barron, Logan Mayu, Jack Eye, Struble, uh, Hudson, uh, that Russian guy, uh, if he ever comes over, Bogdan um you you're not keeping all these guys so something something's got to go and who knows maybe jordan harris maybe jordan harris is on the, the trade block or or justin Barron. Or, or who knows who knows but i don't can, think there's can,
0: too many uh non untouchables with montreal
1: i don't think there's a couple any. Ah, Suzuki and Caulfield, I think the only two untouchables in Montreal.
0: Slavkovsky right now, too.
1: Yeah, Slavkovsky, Hudson, I would say, too. But other than that...
0: Yeah. It's because he hasn't really reached his potential, and they they wouldn't get the top value for him now. No, no. Yeah. But
1: anyway, uh, to go back to the question, yes, he's going to get his star power, depending on what your star power is. Uh, And it's going to be, I think, in this offseason, either through the draft or through a trade or free agency or something. Most likely a trade. Most likely a trade.
0: So uh, that's that's pretty much it. There was a couple others, but uh, they kind of tied into those two questions. Uh, It seems that the the Habs fans are kind of all thinking the same thing. When are we going to get our star and how much is it going to cost us? And they're, can we get the guys back that we traded to get them?
1: They're going to trade you alone and to Philadelphia for Mitchcock.
0: Oh, that's an unfair trade. Montreal's overpaying. <laughs>
1: Come on. Now. I think Mitchcock's going to be a good player, just not generational.
0: Yeah, we'll see. It, I mean, we'll I was see. told otherwise, but we'll see. We'll see. We will see. Before right. we take off, yeah. What do you think would, do you think it's like, this is just a bonus thing that I just thought of here. Now mm-hmm. it's a question for you. Do you think we're going to see Elaine Hudson and uh, David Reinbacher as a pairing before the end of the season?
1: Hudson. Yes. Actually. Yes. I'm going to say yes to both because I think both their seasons are going to be over before the NHL ends and uh, they're going to come over. Uh, I, whether you see them at the same time, I don't know, but I- I think you'll both see time on the same Montreal. pair. I think that's a future pairing. Anyway, I think yeah. the whole point of getting Ryan Barker is to pair him with Hudson, so Hudson can be just all right. I'm going to go do my thing, and Ryan Barker's going to be like, "You go do that, buddy." And uh, yeah, so yeah, I do believe you're going to see both of them by the end of the year in Montreal for you? a game or two. Uh-huh. I don't think it's going to be a, you know. I think they'll be in Laval next year, honestly, but I think they'll get a it game.
0: won't be no Ryan Paling. You know, let's keep it steady here.
1: Hudson's gonna get eight points his first game, three goals, five assists. Reinbacher's gonna have two assists and eight block shots. Yeah, everyone's gonna shut up. They won't know what to do. Everyone's gonna predict that they're gonna be 150 point scores. And I'm gonna say Ryan Paling's is going to be a second line center like I did back then. <laughs> Where, where's that yep. Habs bad takes guy? Where? Why didn't he find that tweet yet?
0: <laughs> oh, I'm sure he's got it all lined up. We're up next. I, I, I'm, I'm shocked. We've all thought the same thing.
1: Well, I mean,
0: yeah. eh, shit happens. Shit happens. Well, you haven't been ridiculous assholes about our predictions either. So there's that.
1: Just nope. been assholes. No, yeah, well, I'm always an asshole. Just ask anyone who knows me. It's true, it's better than being a whole ass. Uh,
0: all right, so before we go, do you have any final thoughts? No,
1: uh, nah. um, be good to yourself and each other, Jerry Springer, everyone. Jerry Springer, uh,
0: I thought you were going Bill and Ted's excellent adventure there.
1: Now, my final, all my final thoughts is that the trade deadline. Like I say, Sean Monahan's guaranteed to go. Uh, whatever you get for him is going to make this a successful trade deadline because Montreal doesn't really have a lot to give away this trade deadline, um, unless they trade off a of Savard and an Allen. Uh, but don't. Uh, I'm I'm looking at it as two ways. They're either going to do not much of anything and really just trade Monahan and maybe a little bit here and there, or they're going to go all out. and We're going to see like these huge mega trades by Montreal, and we're going to be like, what the hell just happened? Uh, that That's what I think. Uh, that's two ways it's going to go. It's not going to be in between. Sure.
0: Uh, and I think what we're going to see is the Canadians be a part of a save-my-job trade by another GM where he overpays for something that the Habs have, and uh, Gorton and Hughes kind of just walk away giggling
1: well hello Pittsburgh
0: <laughs> yeah uh all right so uh I just want to thank everybody for listening thank you for sending in those questions uh keep sending questions we may uh, at any time we'll just pop in one of the questions and we'll we'll go over it because you guys come up with some really good stuff out there uh and we like to include you in what we're doing so keep sending that stuff in uh keep Again, thank you very much for listening and making this one of the longest-running, most successful Habs-based uh, podcasts run by fans and or others over the last seven, eight years.
1: I just want to add, too, since you're talking about it, if you go to the Canadian's Aggregate and you go to Podcasts and you go to Rankings, Habs on third behind the Sick Podcasts and the Basu Godin No. Nope.
0: Just so you know. I'm insulted that Tony is not at his own special tier above all of us.
1: As a frequent guest on Tony's show, but not with Tony for some reason. Come on, Tony. Uh, <laughs> it's, always with the, so, it's always with the better host on Friday. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I like the sick podcast. Mm-hmm. I like it a lot. So, yeah. But just so everyone knows. According to the Habs aggregator, and I don't know how they calculate all this, we're third. A I think it has... Above on Canadians. Sorry, Laura, but we're above you. We're above...
0: I, I think it has everything to do with Matt and his pretty, pretty face.
1: Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. It's sure, Maybe. Shane
0: ain't ours. <laughs> He's swooning
1: the women in Scotland right now.
0: I thought he was in Africa.
1: Oh, I thought he was in Scotland. I have no idea where he is. He he's, was in Scotland.
0: Down, he took a picture in
1: front of a castle in Scotland.
0: I thought he was under the reins down in Africa. Uh, I
1: don't know. We can toe-toe all right. around this.
0: So, again, thank you all for tuning in and listening and putting up with our garbage here, especially at the end of the show. Um, I really do thank you all for doing that and keep sending the stuff in. And remember: uh, if you're talking about it, so are we.